There we go. I don't know how this is going to work because I've taken obviously the headphones off so that he can hear you and and, and bounce off any ideas. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to hear you twice on the audio. So this will be interesting. Um, right. Okay. So let's start. Space time, the ever expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission to locate every second, contemplate every eon from outside time to the big bang to the 20th century to the end of all existence to do what no sane entity has ever done before this is the temporal trek podcast Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek podcast. We are in season three, episode 53 of the podcast and season three, episode one of Enterprise. We have started season three and fingers crossed it gets better than season two. But as always, I am not alone. I am joined by my co-host. Oh no, is it frozen up? The screen's frozen. He's stuck. Uh, and together, we are. Oh no! Literally, which duck is it? Oh no! It's not together. Oh, it's all right. I think internet connection on my side is a bit unstable. So, a minute. Right, let's try that again, shall we? Okay, let's go. Give that another go. <laughs> right. Okay. As always, I am not alone on this show. I am Dan, but with me as always is... Dan, who makes up the triumvirate. Is it triumvirate? No, it's not, is it? It's a, a duo, a dead, a, the, the dangerous duo who are... Dan! Dan! So that's where we put in all the jingles. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to be alone because it will be a triumvirate. It will be three will. of us on this show. And uh, as uh, Dan has just pointed out, it is bring your child to work day. So I'm just going to open the door. We've got Nathan, Nathan Hitch with me. Say hello, mm-hmm. Nathan. Hello. Here we go. You ready to watch some Star Trek with us and talk about it? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you have to say stuff. You can't nod because it's a podcast. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, so we have watched an episode, The Zindi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So far, did you like what you saw? Yes, definitely. Okay, all right. So, yes, definitely. Dan, what your memories of uh, The Zindi, memories of season three to come. Um, do you feel like it's already set the bench and it's getting better than season two or was it a bit of a letdown? No, I enjoyed this episode. There's a couple of things in it that I found slightly annoying, Mm -hmm. but I thought this was a very good start to the season. I've just um, flicked through the episode guide and I am quietly confident. Okay. <laughs> Quietly confident. We'll see how we feel at the end of there's season. There's a there's a couple of clunkers in there, I think. Yeah. But I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I think this one and what will come next week I, I'm I'm okay with. I'm I'm pretty confident they're okay. There's a third episode to come that I think it might start going a bit weird for us. But we're just going to worry about the Zindi this week. Um, Hopefully, if I've done my uh, job correctly, I have re-edited our intro 
So it's a bit more punchy and changing up season three. So to mirror the way things have gone in uh, Temporal Trek and watching Star Trek in this order, I'm going to try and make this episode a bit more punchy. So rather than me going scene by scene, I'm just going to talk about general collection of scenes and move on. But it will still be under our LCARS system. Locate the point in time, consequences, alterations, expansions, recommendations, and then we set up for next week. But I'm going to try and make it a bit more punchy for us as well. So we're going to start at zero minutes and zero seconds. And we're in uh, the Zindi Council Chamber. We're actually going to meet all five members of the Zindi Council, and we're going to go up to the credits. Okay. So, Dan, first, um, what do you think on the Zindi Council? We finally meet the Zindi. We do, yes. Um, I suppose it's watching this in isolation. It's it doesn't not that it doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, it's it's you don't know anything. I think the Zindi Council through the season is really important actually, and it. It's a, I like it as a storytelling device. I think it's very good. It it just sort of it gives us that that other side of the story. It gives us that sort of it helps to give the Zindi a a personality, mm. a sort of a reality of what they are, and you know, and sort of seeing it from their perspective. I think because. Um, it could have easily been all from Enterprise's perspective, you know, and and I think um, and maybe we're, we're sort of jumping ahead quite a bit here, but as we get further down in the season and and the relationship between particularly Archer and um, the other, the Zindi guy that's name, whose name I can't remember now, mm-hmm. um, you can see how that was developing within the council as well. You know, there was doubts coming into the council. There was... You know, so I think it works really well as a storytelling device, definitely. Mm. The danger could have been that we'd spent the entire time on Enterprise and we only get the human-centric exactly. perspective. So a bit like when we get star log entries or what we will get the captain's log in the future, it sets the scene quite nicely. And this way, we're getting to see both sides of the argument and perhaps where the Zindi are coming from, that yeah, maybe yeah. they're not all this big bad that are just going to be out to kill humans. There's a reason behind it. And we do get to see some divides already. Some of the yes. species sort of gang up on the other ones. Mm. Uh, thinking of the species, I'm going to go yep. to Nathan first. What did you think of the CGI? Very, very good. Very good. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So did you believe that what you were looking at was like an insect sort of looking species? Yeah. What about the whales? They were the best. They were the best ones. Because I, I didn't understand what they were saying but also because they're part of the council but also they're like just they look like pets don't they other than part of them so you coming straight into star trek at the moment you think they're sort of like the pets in the the level of power yes sort of like the pets and part of the council okay interesting dan any thoughts on the cgi so far it's not been our friend in season one no, and two so far. I think it was okay, actually. Yeah. The only CGI, really, was the insectoids and the aquatics, wasn't it, really? Mm. I think mm. all the rest was makeup. Mm. But I think it worked pretty well, yeah. It was. It doesn't look... You don't think, oh, my God, it's... It, yeah, it doesn't feel like it needs to be remastered in the way that TOS needed to be done, you know. Very true. Yeah, it so far it kind of works in that council, I suppose. 
if it got made today, I imagine the council room would be a lot darker to sort of hide the the fuzziness of the CGI, where you can make doubt where the CGI ends and the, the CGI begins. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of works and it sets the scenes. And because they're insects, and because right next to that you've got the reptilians, there was already for me at least this divide of they're the bad ones, yes. and then we've got the arboreals yeah. and the humans who are kind of a little bit nicer, and then these aquatics that seem to be just floating around between the two. And you can't quite place where they are. I don't that, know if that came across for you. That's really interesting because I think did I mention it to you? Was it on this podcast or was it that this? No, it was. I think it was on one of my academic trek podcasts. This idea that the more alien a species looks, the the more evil it is. Yes, and this is plays into that trope massively. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know the reptiles. I mean, people are. I think if you you know if you had sort of phobias then insects and reptiles would be much more likely to be things people are phobic of than, than whales. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so whether that's a bad thing, you know, is that something that they've, they've not, you know, they've, they've done and they've made them the evil ones. Mm. And it, yeah. Is that an unconscious bias mm. that, you know, if we're making this a nine 11 response, which we said over in our mm. next night's episode, um, that the unconscious response, if you see someone in a turban, in a certain way of dressing from a certain part of the world, sometimes yeah. they get demonized as terrorists, regardless of who the personality is behind those clothes. Um, and I wonder if that was intentional on the writers and the mm. set design part, or because we've been let down by the writers in season two, was it something that actually they're falling into their own trap and they're making the mm. things that look evil, the evil yeah. ones? Would it have been better if it had been flipped a bit? And maybe yeah. the ones who look a bit more like us are actually the evil ones and the insectoids and the retaliants had become the good guys in the end, mm. whether it should have been the other way around. I suppose the only thing I will say to let them off a little bit is if if you think about insects, I mean, we don't know how insects think, obviously. True. You know, but I think what they did do and with the insects is that it feels like the kind of way an insect would think if it was a humanoid. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the same with the reptiles. Reptiles, I don't know, again, you know, we have no way of knowing what reptiles think. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really, you know, and again, maybe it's my biases, you know, but they they sort of fit what you would imagine a humanoid reptile to think like. Yes, yeah. That sort of cold-blooded thing. I don't know, again, maybe that's, you know, is biased, but... yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe but, that's one. Maybe we uh, need to get in contact with um, the Spinal Frontier. Yes. And get their thoughts. And and whether, you know, the, the habits of insects and lizards gives over to this idea of all or nothing. You know, mm. it's all about competition. Or is it our way of seeing things and we view them as that such? Um, so, yeah, it could be interesting to see if um, they're sort of backed up by nature in the real world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we've done everything with the Zindi there, haven't we? With that one scene, there we go. Oh, go for it, yeah. Um, so because I'm more like Star Wars, ah, uh, yeah. the the council room. It uh, remember the um desert planet, like mm-hmm. not Tatooine, uh, the one with the like sort of like mosquito sort of aliens, the, the oh, clone um, troopers. Yeah, uh, the the Genosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know the little rooms where the separatists would? Plan mm-hmm. their stuff. It that council, like room, reminded me 
of that sort of Ooh, room. That's interesting thought. So do you think that actually maybe it was intentional and we're trying to make it look like Star Wars to maybe try and bring some people in, do you think? Mm, yeah. Yeah? Because it sort of looks like them, so... That's an interesting thought. Uh, any thoughts on that, Dan? You're, obviously, you're the more Star Wars man than I am, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> Firstly, that's the main thing to say. <laughs> and I never would have thought of it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Because this is three years out from Phantom Menace. Yes. And right now, as this season three is <coughs> being made back in 2002-ish, we were already on to um, uh, Attack of the Clones. And I right. imagine Revenge of the Sith must have been close after that. Um, so I'm wondering, yeah, maybe they were trying to emulate Star Wars as well, try and make it a little bit more um, yeah. you know, down and dirty and actually see more of the uh, of the aliens of the world, because that's something that Star Trek didn't do very well, because they, sometimes they just didn't mm. have the money for the makeup. So I'm yeah. wondering, oh, that's a good thought. Well done. That's a good mm. idea. Um, right. We're moving on to the credits. Now, this yes. is the revamped, the proper revamped credits. We already had Star Trek Enterprise in the last episode of the last season. Yep. Um, and now it's the proper with a bit more of a beat behind it. We're going to go poppy with it. Um, I'm going to hand over to Nathan. Did you like the credits? Because it's always our new guests always say, do you like the credits or hate the credits? I mean, the um, I like how it was like historical and it took actual videos from like the first moon landing and all that. And and then it made it so it's the the like time of the enterprise and how from like a biplane it became this massive spaceship that blows up mm-hmm. ra- uh, like enemy ships. So you like the look of it. What about the music? Did you enjoy the music? Mm. You did. Yeah, okay. I did like the music. Okay, that's another one. That's good. I'm going to take, because every time we get a new person on the show, I take all of their ideas on the credits. I'm going to make one big master one. That's another thing I need to do at the end of Enterprise, remind me, and just take a master of all people's reactions to the credits, because some people actually hate that. They hate the credits. They don't like the music at all. And some people don't like any of it. So there we go. Um, any thoughts on the revamp as well, Dan? I know we mentioned it a little bit last week, but... Um, the easiest way to put this is that I skipped it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should yeah. have listened to it actually because I forgot that they changed it. <laughs> but no, I skipped it. So it's, that... a, it's a really tiny little difference. It, it's just a little bit more of guitar and drums in the background, and that's pretty much it. Um, so we're going to go in and we go into uh, some more scenes. So uh, comms, we find out that uh, one of the storage bays was updated to make this uh, operations room. And Archer does one of those things where he talks to someone who already knows the answer, but explains what the operations room is for, but sort of in a way that he's dressing down Reed. And for me, I kind of liked that because he's like, you know, stepping on that. But we find out it's been six weeks since they first entered the Delphic Expanse. That means it's been about 13 weeks since they left Earth to get to this dangerous region of space to go and find the Zindi. That's 13 weeks. So around about the 1st of August, um, working out the date doesn't get said in the episode so that's 13 weeks we've been on this ship okay that both crews the makos and our regular enterprise crew have been on this ship and they've not met each other because 
they're having a dinner for the very first time in 13 weeks with a member of the crew, Hoshi, as she basically figures out that one of them comes from a certain region of America because he has a certain accent. Um, and of course, they leave all their food uneaten at the end of the scene. So putting all those two episodes, uh, those two scenes together, uh, thoughts, Dan, on everything we learn up to this point? Um, well, I've got to, to bring in early a retread. You're a very brave man, Malcolm. Never much cared for the name Malcolm. I was rather growing fond of the name Stinky. You've had too much to drink. How about 30 years in the brig? Or maybe a good flogging? You see, you were looking at my hands. You should have been looking at my eyes. They admire my folks and they give away the dogs with military wigger-wagger in my hands. Awfully nice. And that retread, I could go for like multiple retreads, but I'm just going to go for a single retread. It's going to be a generally in this episode. I don't like Reed. No. <laughs> awful, awful, petulant, childish, just oh, awful. <laughs> He's very whiny in this episode. Uh, uh, that's the way I felt. How did you feel about him? Uh, so Reed is the English one who um, has an argument with the, the major. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. He was very whiny and just always wanting to like be the best, to live up to his family's honour of being in the Navy because they hated him for going into the um, Enterprise and all that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, he talks about having a military family, so he doesn't like the other military because they're sort of stepping on his turf sort of thing. Yeah, yeah he's, doesn't he, like, say, like, oh, I've dealt with this before, like, millions of times? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. And, yeah, very whiny all the way through. So I think that that is a retread for the entire episode on that one. Yep. Um, it's quite nice because we've said in the past where if this was an episode for someone to come in, yep. they've had a chance to also meet Hoshi as well. So mm. we figured out that Reed's a bit whiny, but we also yep. find out how she's so good at learning people's languages, she can figure out where they come from by one sentence. Um, so if this was sort of like, if this was the pilot, imagine we'd never had season one mm. and season two, and maybe we'd add like a little introduction of like, Earth's been attacked, and this is the first warp ship. So we kind of had a bit of the pilot already, and then we went straight into this episode. Um, do you feel like this was a good way of setting up some of the characters? And I'm going to go for Dan first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I I think you could quite happily skip season one and season two and come in at the end of season two on the, the expanse. Mm. Uh, yeah, the expanse, and go from there. Yeah, and I don't think you'd really lose too much. No, character wise, we haven't really done much with the characters. We learn how they would react in certain situations, yeah. but nothing's really changed. Hoshi is still an absolute genius at languages and reads a bit snivelly and whiny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as we're about to find out, Trip knows the ship in and out because they've already discovered this cargo bay where some weird stuff is happening. And you really liked this scene. Um, mm. Any any thoughts on the, the, the cargo bay scene? It's funny because like, they're standing on the ship, on like the bottom of the ship, and then the cargo is just 
like full of explosives, don't they say? Like, yeah, I, I, hope, I hope it's not full of explosives, but they yeah. said they would have found out by now if it had been. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then they're standing on the ground normal, and then the boxes are just dush, 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 dush. <laughs> it's like the walls are playing ping pong, and like the car goes like the ball, and then it's like dush, that's true yeah i thought of it like one of those um those office toys you know the the little newton's cradle where you you pick up the ball and it just goes from side to side that's it and just any thoughts because we're already now getting this idea that this region of space doesn't quite work the way Mm. it's supposed to something we were told last week by saval saying that this region can flip people inside out and they're still alive and we don't know how that works um, that was that bit at the beginning when they said previously on Enterprise, and he said anatomically inverted. That basically means turned inside out, but they were still alive. Uh. A bit weird. Um, <laughs> so, and then we go into the sick bay as well, and we find that Flox is still studying the reptile scales. It's been 13 <laughs> weeks, and he's only now just discovering this thing had scales. Um, and we find out about siblings, and apparently Trip is not sleeping right because of what happened mm. to his sister last week. Um, even though that was 13 weeks ago. And Flox, does it feel like he's bullying Trip into going into this treatment? I thought that a few weeks ago we established that you don't go against the will of the patient if you're a denoble. Oh, yes. And Trip has clearly said, I don't want to do neuropressure, but he's bullying him into doing neuropressure and is now working on to poll to do it for him. Um, yeah, <laughs> any thoughts on all of those things put together? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah. Flox, <laughs> that's really interesting. You're you're absolutely right. I hadn't noticed that, but you're spot on. <laughs> he's absolutely going against what he's. You know, he was literally would would let a man die last <laughs> week or a few weeks ago, and now he's like, it's plotting and scheming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, it just goes to show, doesn't it, how badly written some of this stuff is. <laughs> But that's just it. I mean, has Archer opened up a, a deadly door with the Denobulans because he's mm. he's introduced this idea? Actually, do whatever you want to the patient as long as he he gets cured. I don't care. Um, you know, is is Flox going to go back to Denobula in years to come and say, actually, don't worry if you think it's the right way of doing it, just force the patient to do it. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So it just it just felt like he was really pushing and hammering this home, and even to Paul yeah. saying, if he doesn't want to do it, don't make yeah. him do it. Right. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and I do like she she called out on some of his uh the parts of his personality. He's not the kind of guy to go quietly into something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they go down to the planet uh, and they're going on this sketchy intelligence. We we mentioned this earlier in the episode, but sketchy intelligence, there's this one random captain seemed to think maybe there is a Zindi down on this planet. That's really tenuous intelligence. I know that Archer is all out to save the earth, but that's really like, wouldn't you try and verify that at least once? Um, well, it's what Reed says, isn't it? That's you know, true. Dubious cat. I mean, again, another retread. <laughs> you know, come on. I mean, seriously. Always oh, dubious characters are. Yes, not, not not very British at all, really. Just oh god, help us! Shut up! <laughs> shut up, Reed. Maybe I'll just have that. That would be the jingle. We'll shorten the dinner to shut up, Reed. Yes, not, not not very British at all, really. I think she's pretty. You ever noticed her bum? She's got an awfully nice bum. 
Shut up, Reed. Awfully nice. In the shuttle pod, they go down. Uh, even Reed says they should have worn the EV suits. And you know my thing. They should have worn the EV suits. Um, it's a toxic planet. Uh, yep. We go down and meet the foreman, the greasy foreman, mm. the asthmatic foreman. Now, I'm actually... You, now, the listeners can't listen to this, but I have got my Darth Vader T-shirt on uh, because, yeah, he's a very asthmatic villain, which obviously works in the case of Darth Vader. Any thoughts on the foreman for Dan first? I have to say that there was one piece of acting which I thought was truly, truly awful. <laughs> I'm not even going to say which but it is, because I'm going to ask Nathan mm-hmm. and you, Dan, mm-hmm. if you can tell me which bit it is that was bad. <laughs> Do you think... So all that scene, all the scenes with the guy with the mask that you were talking mm-hmm. about as well, is there a particular scene that stands out? Because I think I know what scene it might be. No. No? Is it the bit where... Um, uh, Archer has now found out that he wants his platinum, his liquid platinum, and he takes the mask away and he goes, blah, 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 and it's really badly dubbed as to what he's actually saying. And I think he says something like, I don't let any just anyone come down here and interrupt my things. It was just so badly dubbed. It really thought, bad, yeah. I thought I was watching one of those old 70s like martial arts films, you know, like, <laughs> I, 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 I will fight you now. You know, very <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, was that the one? That was it, mate. Yeah, that was it. It was just weird. I'd say the um, one uh, in Florida, Disney, I would say the the one where about the guy who is a Twilight guy in Terror mm-hmm. in the, the Tower of Terror. Yeah. Um, he's actually better dubbed than that. <laughs> That's very true. That's even though, very even true. though it's like, even though you only see him for like five <laughs> seconds in the whole entire ride, he's actually better dubbed than the actual villain. That's really true. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's talking about his favourite ride, which is Tower of Terror at, pa- at Paris or the, the Florida one? The Florida one. Hmm. I'd say the Paris one. Because the Paris one, obviously, they're dubbing a guy who's pretending to be Rod Serling with another Frenchman who is then dubbing that over his voice, whereas in the Florida one, it is just a guy pretending to be Rod Serling. But that, still, that's a good, that's a good, still, good they're analogy. Like, they're that, like both better dubbed than, than that the guy. villain. Was, <laughs> I didn't understand a word he was saying. Um, but yeah, he wants platinum. Now, obviously, that's a, a rare earth mineral here. But if you travel the galaxy and the universe, I'm pretty sure something like that would be abundant everywhere. Why does he want platinum? I, I kind of... We've already established that this universe has latinum because we've met the Ferengi just a, a year ago on this show. So why not latinum, which is established as a rare earth mineral that is not abundant in the universe. Um, just very strange that he wants a particular thing. Or was that just a ploy? Because he knows that he's going to try and take the crew and that's really the valuable okay. one. Was he just trying to delay them with something that he knew would take uh... longer? So I was wondering, if is it one or the other? Does he actually want the platinum or is he just trying to delay them? Do you know what? I think you might have hit the nail on the head there. I, yeah, I mean, maybe that's right. It doesn't really matter because you're right. That's not what he's really interested in, unless he's interested in that as well. But maybe, oh. like you picked the maybe one. Maybe he knows it takes to time to, to to refine and stuff. Exactly, liquid yeah. liquid platinum. Yeah. So maybe oh. just pick the one thing. Maybe he scanned yeah. the ship already. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he could have done that. Yeah. Also, um, he could. They could have 
like he has a whole mind to himself. He could have just maybe like told them to mine harder, quicker, faster to find platinum rather than send a crew who he knows don't have as many people who would like dig for platinum. Mm-hmm. So it would take longer. Yeah. He has a whole mine. So yeah, I think you're right with it's just a setup to take the crew because he he already owns a mine. Why yeah. would he need? And that's his first question, isn't it, to Archer? When they go and find the Zindis, the first question is, how big is your crew? So maybe it is, maybe. Um, uh, then, right, now, in the Temple Trek tradition, I don't talk about dreams, so I'm going to leave it in the capable hands of Dan and Nathan. Um, apparently, um, Trip wakes up from a bad dream where he's in a very bad shirt, I think, from skipping <laughs> through that scene. But um, uh, I'll hand it over to Dan. Um, what happened in the dream? Because I have no idea. It's not like I watched it. Well, I watched it and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was that important a dream. Uh, Wasn't it thought- his, his sister? Uh, could, he, could he hear his sister's voice or something? Mm-hmm. I, can't, you know, I watched it this morning and I still can't remember. <laughs> Nate, terrible. the dream bit, do you remember what happened? Come on, Nathan, oh, save yeah. me, mate. Save oh, me. It- <laughs> I remember how it started off as them like two little kids, and then it turned it turned to the girl, and then it turned back, and the guy was like now his age in the show, and then it turned back to the girl, and she was the same or a younger age, and then it's all about him trying to get her attention, but when he was a kid, he already got her attention. So how did you not hear him? Uh, when he was speaking when like the laser was coming because she we already know she had she was already good at hearing Mm. from the little one of him like saying to hit to his sister to look and then when when they're older either there's like an accident that happens now she's like deaf or something Mm. or maybe like the laser's so loud that she can't Maybe. But also, if you heard hear like a noise that loud, wouldn't you turn around to look? That's very true. If there's this big light lightning thing coming down the street, you'd probably go, "Oh, what's that over there? Maybe run. Maybe that's a pretty good idea." Or because it's it. modern, just she would have pulled her phone out and recorded it <laughs> and go and go. This is the best TikTok ever, and just recorded it going past and going. This is going to hit me one million views on TikTok. <laughs> well, if that's not a damning indictment of what the future might be, yeah, people would just like record it and actually, yeah, they wouldn't be caring about getting out of the way of the laser because they just stand there recording the whole thing. No, they're like, move out of the way so it can keep going, but just record it the whole way. <laughs> they wouldn't like maybe seek shelter from the rubble that's being like pushed nah. out. They'll just be like, <laughs> the greatest TikTok in the world. <laughs> well, I mean, Florida's so used to being battered by storms. Maybe they just don't care about anything. Yeah. Really. Um, we've certainly had that quite recently. And uh, uh, there's been big friends of the show. Um, oh, a shout out to Jarman from the uh, Play on Nerds and Eric uh, from the um, Too Young for This Trek podcast. Mm. Both uh, Floridians, fortunately, escaped all the worst of it, but I'm glad that they're with us still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. From that dream. I have to say, I did watch it. I know I'm not supposed to watch Dreams in the Temple Trek watch-through, but his sister seemed very dumb. Like, there's a massive laser all the way through it. And the fact it's his dream, like, that the other weird, crazy stuff isn't already happening in that dream, I don't know. 
his shirt was terrible. You're right. It was. It, High five. It was Very like good. the most, <laughs> like I've seen like shirts that are like, mm, that's pretty bad. But that shirt, I would, I would on purposely buy one with like holes and it's ripped, ripped <laughs> like 500 years old worn by a caveman rather than by that shirt <laughs> wow that is bad that is very bad uh, but he's actually had some very bad fashion sense in the past and i've held it against him as well yes. so i think that is a retru- return of a trip trip as well so a trip hatred as well so it's time you learn to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions you've always been impulsive we took a ride in a rowboat and showed you to the nearest airlock maybe this will teach you Back in sick bay, and Flox is saying this is both a uh, Zindi and not a Zindi because they've got a severed finger that the yes. foreman gave them Lovely. as well. Uh, and we find out that actually there's possibly more than one species of Zindi, and that it's a it's typical to a Neanderthal and a human. And this is the third time in three seasons so far of Enterprise where the it's a bit like Neanderthals and humans has been used as an analogy, just as a side thing. So really. They, yeah, I don't remember that. When... We had the the Menk. You remember the Menk oh, episode? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one uh, thing. And then a second time again was um, with uh, the breach. You know, what if we didn't look out for uh... each other? And they're bringing that up again. So yeah, third time in Star Trek history where the Neanderthals have been used as an example. Don't know how many times that's going to happen, but there we go. Um, back on the planet, um, the platinum's ready. They use it to go and find um, the uh, the Zindi. We find out Trellium D is needed for Starship. So again, it's the first time we're getting this sort of entered into the thing, but they're not actually talking about them having Trillium D. So there we go. And you had a, a point about the way this sort of felt, this episode um, felt. So the minds reminded me, because I do watch Star Trek, but more of like Lower Decks and Prodigy. And the minds actually remind me from the first episode how they escape the minds in Prodigy. Mm, so yeah. it sort of reminded me of those minds. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to just see the characters from there just in the background, just appeared in the background. That's it. Yeah. Because like they cool. do actually look like the Prodigy. That's it. Nice. Yeah. This is what the Temple Trek's all about. If it reminds you of other Star Trek episodes, it's always a good thing. And yeah, I mean, that's it's a well-established Star Trek thing to have people stuck in minds and cutting things. We've had it already in Judgment, where they were getting yep. out Rura Pente. And Tarzamura in, in the future as well. So there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, the Zindi uh, interrogates him. We find out that, yeah, it was his finger because he holds up his hand. He's now a nine-fingered <laughs> Zindi. Um, Trip properly loses it with him. Yes. Were, were you convinced by Trip's outburst? Do you feel like he was intimidating to this guy? I I was convinced by his anger and his frustration and you know the and I think that maybe is what makes the dream scene work in a way mm. because you know he's obviously not sleeping well these horrible dreams and you know he he's he's a very angry man yeah. obviously because his sister has been killed mm. so I yeah whether he's intimidating is another thing I think we've spoken about this before that Trip is not really the most intimidating of people mm. but i can understand his anger yeah because uh, i mean he's pushed him against the wall but he hasn't lifted him up no. and he's uh, clearly a foot taller than trip like trip is looking up at him whilst he's yeah. actually getting angry and i don't know whether he quite pulls off intimidation to someone who's already bigger than him who's lived 
in a mine, presumably yeah, for most true, of his life, yeah. and has yeah. now lost a finger for this mine as well. Way fitter. Way fitter. Yes. Dush. Every minute, every second, every hour. He's been working out. Absolutely. So, so literally, um, and then what's he been doing? Grabbing a little fade and go pew 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 pew. Barely doing any exercise, and he's just he's just probably got like the hugest arms, and he could probably just knock out him with a single just flick. He could well do. I mean, we don't know what the strength of that species is at the moment. No. We've established no. how strong as Indy actually is. And as we know, uh, uh, Trip is the laziest engineer on in Starfleet because he still doesn't hasn't unclogged those engines, as far as we know. Uh, <laughs> it, this is a callback to months and months ago, where it took him weeks before he even thought about unclogging those engines. And as far as we know, he still hasn't done it. So there we go. All right, we're going to stop there because it's only three minutes left. We'll jump into the next one. We're quite near the end already, and then we'll just do ratings in the second one. So cool, All right, mate. I'll see you in a minute. Get some snacks, perhaps a carbonated soda. Time Wars. Yeah. No, yeah. I, no, I really like that Star Wars analogy. That was good. Yeah. Right. Now things sort of ramp up and it actually speeds up in the episode. Um, Enterprise has detected three ships coming in. And as far as their armaments are concerned, they consider them warships. They're actually pretty yeah. heavily armed. Um, but the foreman is adamant. It's just our cargo ships. Don't worry about this. But don't worry. Uh, your captain has been delayed for a short time. We've got an Archer abduction. Yes. My name is Jonathan Archer. question of course we have yeah the first one for season three <laughs> uh now the second one of 2153 <laughs> um yeah he's been abducted again uh as if we didn't see that coming um he always gets abducted as i've mentioned to you mm. um it's we've been tracking it and it's at least six times every year he gets abducted by somebody um but yeah he's dumber than the packlids yeah he's dumber than the packlids yeah pretty much (laughs) we make things to make things go yes absolutely um back in the foreman's office everything is dirty and i i think this is the first time i really noticed it like um even the microphone that he's holding up which looks like a very nice podcasting microphone i have to say (laughs) has got quite a lot of dust all over it and even when he's talking into it it breathes the dust off uh, so it was it was convincing that this is quite a dirty working environment. It's like a really bad Heidi High, isn't it? Hello, campers. Rise and shine. Well, it's a beautiful Macklin's morning, and we've got lots of Macklin's fun in store for you today. Breakfast will be served in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Bring, bring, bring. People start looking for platinum. Arcade versus the villain who has the worst, who has the worst voice. Three, two, one, go. Um, they're going to wade through tunnels. They're already covered in all of this Trillium D weird stuff. Mm. Trillium D just looks like weird 
KY jelly. I think it's just just dripping off people. I don't know how that's supposed to protect your ship in a dangerous moose. region of space. It does look like moose. Yeah, it did look like moose. Mm. You're right. Um, back on Enterprise, they now formulate a plan, and T'Pol is forcing Reed to work with Major Hayes, and we get the uh, the thing you mentioned earlier about he's dealt with these sorts of people before, and they're they're having a bit of a you know who's the one in charge kind of contest. Yeah. Um, I think Major Hayes does make a good point about. People who understand, you know, enterprise inside and out, who've actually fought off quite a few raiding parties in the past, they're going to be the best ones to defend it. I, I well, I basically think that throughout this season, Hayes is actually completely reasonable. It's, it's yeah. just Reed has got such a problem <laughs> that actually, you know, Hayes. I don't, you know, I think he's he's right basically all the time, and Reed has got, you know, just yeah. oh, just it's just awful. He's not just got a chip on his shoulder. He's got exactly. a portion of chips wrapped in newspaper with a yeah. fish on top. It's a proper and, fish. And a Savaloy to follow, I reckon. He's got like, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, I always find, I don't know about you, same with McDonald's, you know, you go to McDonald's, you have your burger and chips, but it's never quite enough, is it? No, it really is. You know, you always fancy like a, like a, maybe like a little mayo, mayo chicken burger or a little mm. sort of quarter pounder or something, you know, just Fair to enough. chase, chase the Big Mac. And now I'm hungry again. We always do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we end up talking about food every single time. I've got like two things. What do you got? Um. So the first one is, uh, he could just be like, "Mm, I really want some. I'm, I'm, I'm done. (laughs) I'm full. And also, uh, with the um ships that were floating by, uh, if they were just cargo ships, they'd always be like seen in actual history. There'd be the cargo ships. And then there would be one destroyer or uh, massive ship with actual weaponry, and the others are just small ships that can't protect themselves but have cargo on. Mm-hmm. So you would never have a cargo ship with weapons. Yeah. So it doesn't fit with yeah, what, what like, they should know. That's a good point. So um it's basically like a German ship in World War Two. So they had a ship that looked like a merchant ship and uh, by the and they had to raise their like war flag mm. and then they could flip out their weapons, but because it was so quick, the um, the what which what the ship was, but it was a destroyer, it slowed down to take a look, make sure there was crew on board, and then it raised up its flag. The we- the weapons flicked out, um, but it was still in the laws of of war because. Mm. You can have a merchant ship with weapons. You can only fire them if you have your war flag raised up. So mm-hmm. really, if they were to attack, they would have to have, like, if they have a flag for war, they'd have to have that up mm. to actually attack the that's, um, Enterprise. That's actually a really good point, because Reed is an ex-Navy man, so he yes. should have already had alarm bells that this sh- ship isn't quite fitting the match. And now, obviously, it's a dangerous region, so I doubt that they would take the time to announce the fact that they were bad guys. But the fact that they're heavily armed, even if they are cargo ships, is still pretty, you know, they're outnumbered three to one as far as the Enterprise is concerned. So, yeah, it's a good point. So, so basically, the guy who used to be in the Navy, mm, actually, actually, they should just kick him out because <laughs> he doesn't know anything, like literally nothing. <laughs> he sees cargo ships with... Um, with weapons, he should be like, 
I remember this in my naval training. That's actually a warship. We should blast it before it can blast off. No, he's like, there's a cargo ship outside and there's like two others. Okay, I'm just going to go do the rest of my duties. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And then he's just written a, a better read scene than than anyone on the writing staff has ever done. That's actually a really good idea. Like, I think you've pinned read down perfectly. With you. It's like, why didn't they ever... think of doing that? That would be perfect. Like, yeah, yeah. they could have used his naval knowledge and brought it in. Absolutely. Like, um, we should aim all our to- torpedoes at that because I know from my experience in the navy, they should we should fire before they can fire at us. No, he just goes. Cargo ships. Well, I don't care. <laughs> They're cargo ships. He just walks off. Yeah. And it. goes back to whatever he was doing. Probably just reading a comic. Probably just reading a comic book and saying and saying, Oh, I'm definitely reading the manual to this computer thingy. <laughs> no, I'm just reading my comic. Oh, now wow. that's interesting because we have had an episode in the point point where he said he doesn't read comic books. He only likes the proper books. He's, he's very snobbish about it as well. So that's a really good pickup. Um, well, we're gonna move on. Uh, we've got um, wading through the tunnels. They wade through some very shiny poo. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Now, again, uh, even more poo conversations. We've had questions being asked of Trip about uh, what's the toilet situation on the Enterprise. Uh, he's mentioned uh, toiletries and things like that, building toilets before in Catwalk. And uh, Trip's here with the poo as well. So whenever there's poo, there's Trip. Not saying they're related, but that does happen. Um, in the armory, we get the whole measuring t- conversation again. And uh, sort of saying, I'm in charge, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. Prison break. Uh, they're crawling through the tunnels at the same time that the Makos are going down in the pod and arming themselves up. Um, it was nice to see that actually people are taking their time getting ready for the mission. We don't really get that very often, uh, but actually seeing them checking the weapons, going down and getting ready. But then we don't see the Makos for a while mm. because now mm. it's all about getting through the tunnels yep. they get brought up to the beginning part of the cave where reed and archer first came in and that's it so they're going to get shot they're going to be taken out and shot and um now the foreman wants the enterprise for himself um just any thoughts on the escape scenes did you buy the sort of drama they're stuck in the tunnels what's going to happen but you thought this is star trek they'll be fine <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of that, if I'm honest. Um, it reminded me, actually, of uh, talking of pickups and stuff. It reminded me of the um, scene in, was it, is it the first? Yeah, it is. It's the um, um, caretaker in Voyager. Mm. When they're climbing up those stairs, you know, when they bring, yes. bring Neelix and, and they save Neelix and uh, what's the name? I can't even remember her name now. Uh, uh, Kess. Kess. Yes. And they they climb up those stairs. It's sort of a bit like that, isn't it? It's sort of rickety. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, it, yeah, I suppose it was all right. But, I mean, they, they, uh, considering last time, or in the breach, they had to have climbing gear and stuff to go up those walls. Very true. They did appear to be very, very sl- like sort of shiny and, and, you know, there wasn't a lot to grip onto, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, how did they pull themselves up? Because the panels yeah. are just as long as they are. Yeah. So you'd be able to get your knee up to then climb up. My only thought is that Travis has taught them how to, to uh, rock climb yeah. and trips with them. So now Trip is obviously a better rock climber than Travis, as we've established. Yep. So uh, maybe they did better that way. It would have been good if the Zindi had done what the uh, Denoblans had done. Sort of, he was really able to do it. And he just went off. <laughs> he, can, he can pick them yeah. up as well. Yeah. yeah. 
or he had like a long tongue and he could pick them up <laughs> on their tongue and just take them all the way up. Uh, yeah. Um, with the like guards, how they're like getting all their weapons ready, um, just fire them because if if you knew that they were going to break like break out of prison before they even like think they might break out of prison, your guards must all like this is an actual thing. Guards must always have their armor on, everything ready before they um. Because I, I think when they're, like, leading them down, mm-hmm. uh, when they're, like, leading them down to see, like, the um, villain sort of character, mm. um, he just gets killed in, like, one second. Yeah. Uh, I think they could have easily just bang, bang, because it seemed like they, if they don't have that much, like, their guns didn't seem like they were loaded. Right. They, they seemed like they were just there to make it seem more like... Oh look, we're strong. We have weapons and all that. Uh, I think because they sort of knew that they were going to see the thing, they didn't have their guns loaded. So I think they could have easily just knocked them both out. What and, you mean, the guards? Yeah, like the guards. Yeah, the foreman's guards. Yeah, yeah, like the guards didn't seem like they. And also, um, oh god. Uh, as like why was like um like I said to you when we were watching the episode, why was the um villain's like mask thing? Because all the guards had their mask thing like over their mouth and all that. Why why did he have to have like a special contraption where he put it on and then took it off? <laughs> like on on him like the rest of the like guards and troops and that's everything. a very good question any thoughts on why he doesn't already have the mask on would it have made it more of an intimidating villain like your darth vader that he just talks through that thing anyway yeah if like, they're gonna dub him in that scene earlier just dub him the whole way through the episode you could have had a proper bane from um dark knight rises kind of hello and welcome to my facility you know just um, any thoughts? Should, should they have done that? I think I, possibly doing I, that. It's very weird. I think he's right. I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very... Are you available for next week? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he will be here next week. Um. Uh. Yes. The um. They get to the surface. They're just about to get shot, and then abseiling down. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what they're abseiling from because it was straight down. Yeah. But. The Makos arrive and it's pew, 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 tear. we get our shooty shooty pew pews and they start taking. And this is the point where, yeah, practically he was like doing dev, devil horns and rocking out because this is <laughs> um, people getting shot and the action side. Were you, did you buy into the action or was it a bit <laughs> for you? I say, like, if it, if like the guards put up a good fight, but not like I've seen like low budget movies with better fight scenes. Then that fighting because like it was sort of like um like so I've watched Lego stuff on YouTube mm. and they've actually had like uh, a guy shout I'm reloading and he's ba- about to and then bang he gets shot in the head and then this was like bang oh no I need to reload ching <laughs> ching and like the other guards are like holding their fire waiting for them to reload it's like. Maybe do it faster. Maybe have like maybe have like one of the like evil villains guards like reloading, and then one of the soldiers like bang, 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 whilst they're like reloading. It's just like 
<laughs> it's almost like he's watched season one and two, and I know yes. for a fact he hasn't. But yeah, <laughs> we've had this all the time, believe it or not, Nathan. It's like they're reloading. They're in a vulnerable spot. You can easily just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you could destroy them all in like like five shots. Yeah. But also I did like the gun, how it like flips out as like yeah. a scope. You uh, really liked the mm. you liked the sniper rifle, the little beep beep. What did you say that the, the, the gun should be? Um I said it wouldn't be a surprise if it came out as like a scope, a bayonet, and then five <laughs> rocket launchers on each side, and just like you press and then you just flip the trigger, and then it's like all the rockets go off, all the bullets. <laughs> the bayonet now like flies off as like it actually has like a rocket inside of like the bit you hold. It goes foo, 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 foo. And also, um, in Guardians of the Galaxy, remember the guy go, Oh, yeah, with the arrow, like, you want one of those as well. Yeah, like he pulls out his dagger and he like throws it and he goes, <laughs> And then it's a great, and point. then over it, it's like some real, like it's like. Um, you know, Battlefield One, the opening where it's like, dun, dun, dun. it's like this song doesn't match. It's like that. It's like, it's like the daggers going around and like, <laughs> or like, because the fight seems so slow, to make it a bit more funnier, they could have like, dug, 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 have it really slow motion, and then have like. <laughs> so you wanted more sort of i don't know arts arty side to mm. the direction of it because i think this is something we've come across loads of times like, with loads of episodes it's like just like i could probably sleep through this and actually be able to understand the story without <laughs> seeing this fight scene because it's just like i'm reloading ching ching I will fire now. Bang, bang, bang. The guards. Oh no, one of our guys are dead. We better run. Ah, uh, it's like, yeah, one, one, one. There we go. Well, there we go. That's the yeah. action scene described in detail. In detail um, yeah. yeah. Just your thoughts, Dan, on on the action scene. Did you buy into it? Was it a bit stilted for you as well? Yeah, a little bit. I think. Yeah, it was. It was okay, but yeah. It wasn't the most dramatic of moments, was it? Exactly. I mean, we learned that Major Hayes is really good because Trip almost got shot in the back of the head and then he popped up and, and he said, good shot. And it's like, well, he was right there. It wasn't really <laughs> like, it's not like he shot round the corner and yeah. there was going on. Um, from the attack, though, they get back to the Enterprise and that retreats straight away. We get a Starlog entry, but it's a supplemental. Yep. So we still don't know what day or the week it is at the moment. Remember, it's a Temporal Trek podcast and they're still not telling us the bloody dates just trying to remember we're working in a time frame here you're just not thinking fourth dimensionally right right i have a real problem with that. uh there's indy he's un unfortunately he died from his injuries because he got shot as well yes. and in his dying breath gives him the coordinates kind of wanted that scene i wanted a little bit more redemption yep. for that character um as, as annoying as he was i kind of wanted him at, at least to have a little bit of a finish um read and trip uh, they talk about the impressive job the Makos did, and mm. Reed has to kind of uh, capitulate to to Trip's idea of uh, of these these guards being better than his security teams. Do you feel like he's really accepted the Makos yet? Uh, no, 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 no. I didn't believe it for a second. In sickbay, uh, Flocks again 
straight up lies, gives him a placebo, sends him to uh, to Paul's quarters, and we're going to get the neuro pressure. Now, this is something Nath, we've we've talked before where they try, mm. try and force in sort of sexiness. Now, you've done your sex education at school, so you know all of this. So I mean, you know I'm what gonna, you're going to. I mean, in couple terms, I'm going to have the whole like five weeks of actually learning it fully and all that. Yeah, but you've already had the introduction. Yeah, of, of like, yeah. no sort of your basics and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. With this scene where they had the Vulcan lady to poll mm. taking her top off, do you feel they were doing that just so boys would watch the show? No. No? I, I feel like it's just like, we could have easily had it, but she still had her shirt on, but she was like just holding it like that, and he could have still done the... The, the, we would have got the point, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, Nathan, like, Nathan, how old are you? Ten. You're ten years old, and you realise exactly what you're right. She could have just hold, held. No, she there was. Oh, there was no God. reason to see. There was no reason to do that, was there? There was yeah, I, I could, just I no reason. Write five whole seasons of Star Trek with like like 500 pounds and make it completely better <laughs> like actually make it funny actually make it so it's like i want to watch the rest of this i want to give them more money to make, be- to make more seasons rather than yeah. i will reload dang that and also the character that does die and the character that loses finger yeah i feel like i wish they did a thing where he like grabs like um, a knife from the floor, and he like is really. Oh, he, as, had, his, he had his moment. And, like, his redemption. He's like really angry because they've enslaved him. So he's like, fuh, fuh. he like takes on the guards and he keeps stabbing him until like he. Um... He really wanted a dark episode, didn't you? No, no. <laughs> he wanted to go straight in there. <laughs> no, it's because like he's like been enslaved, forced to mine. No pay, barely any food. I feel like they should have had a scene where he's like got a knife. He's like killing them because he's like so raged that they've enforced him to mine all of his life. It's actually again, this is another thing we've been p- picking up from the last two seasons yeah. is that when a cat a character's given a backstory and they don't really don't live up to it. Like you feel mm. like, yeah, you're right. He's been captured, he's been enslaved. He would have been properly angry and he, he probably would have taken it out. On yeah, he would probably yeah. have like um grabbed the a gun off a guard and you would have boom, done anything. And then dug, dug. Yeah. Like the like the other soldiers would be like bang, and then he would have like grabbed like the biggest machine gun he could find and just go because yeah. he's like been enslaved, he's been barely fed, he's had to be forced to mine, and he's just like, I'm not gonna do anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> a good point it's a really good point well so yours yours would have a lot less of uh ladies with their tops off but it'd be very very violent oh yes, yes. yes. okay but it would be like funny because it's like slow-mo like you slowly <laughs> see him fall to the ground and then the music in the background is just like oh so you want funny violence instead fair enough you've watched enough lower decks and i suppose that's true oh yeah um so they've uh, they've gone past the sexy trek. I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. Um, although I did like that Topol kind of used reverse psychology to sort of trick him to take his own top off and everything like that. Um, but um, uh, on the Enterprise, they finally turn up at the coordinates and they find there's a debris field. The planet has already been destroyed, but the Zindi want to stop the Earth from destroying it in 400 years in the future. 
what's going on um so they're going to go deeper into the expanse we go back to the council only to find out that they're also observing the enterprise and they're going to go into this horizon distortion field and yes. they're as good as dead as far as yeah. some of them are concerned and the enterprise uh, episode ends at the end of the episode however you're watching it on either netflix or paramount but we've been doing it based on the netflix well what i <laughs> i've like never seen stuff i mean i've seen prodigy and lower decks i've never seen like a full live action unless you count the um the 1960s one where it's like the card and the lizard like dush with the rocks but i've I've like watched only that one episode hmm. and I've literally just watched the first episode and I can understand that um, the one who has naval history just, I, I don't, I don't care what you do unless he's either like fired, like shot or just completely run out of the script. <laughs> Cause like wow. he just rule. he's like, He's like, oh, I want to be the best. And then he's like, I see these ships. I know that I don't even, he doesn't even like go, he doesn't even take a second thought and go, why would they have guns? Like. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, Right. Okay. So Reed needs to be written out. That's a proper, like, I think he's an even more extreme version of Reed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. One episode and he's like, he's straight in. (laughs) One episode, and I can already think of a better script than <laughs> where where Reed is actually like. I would take that episode, and I would actually make Reed so he's like, we better aim the torpedoes at those ships. Just make him better at his job, yeah. Yeah, yeah make make enough. him go. I okay, well, mind. save it for our alterations. Uh, yes, that's coming up. Right, so we've located the episodes. Okay, so we've talked about all the scenes, all right? So now for uh, people who haven't listened to the episode before, if you're coming straight in at the beginning of season three, we locate the episode. We now do consequences. From this episode, do you think that there's something they learned, something that will change how Star Trek starts and carries on from here? We'll start with Dan. Consequences. Question whether it addresses the consequences Consequences. Consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. Well, there's, there's consequences for the season, obviously. And it's actually interesting that what we see here is the beginning of an arc. For the first time in Enterprise, I think really, you know, the the episode doesn't end in a conclusion as such. Mm-hmm. It ends in leading into the next episode. So there's consequences moving forward. So the consequences they found the planet. The planet was destroyed. They need to carry on looking. Yeah. As far as consequences for Starfleet and all that sort of stuff, not. I don't <laughs> think really. You know, this is the problem of it being a a um, made after TNG, etc. Is that there's no way for TNG or, or DS9 or anyone to put anything in from the whole Zindi thing yes. into there. So there's no consequences in that way. Mm. Whether there will be consequences for sort of strange new worlds and stuff, maybe one day, maybe maybe Discovery could do it now. You know, mm. where are the where are the Zindi three thousand years in the in the future, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. 
But yeah. no, there's no consequences outside of the season. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just continuing what we already started in Expanse. So it's a continuation of the, the show. And there are little bits put in, like this Trellium D. We haven't really thought that maybe the Enterprise needs that at this point, but it's been mentioned for the first time. Um, we've got Archer being abducted, which happens every week, so that's fine. Um, there's really no big consequences. The only thing, I suppose, is the one thing we want to forget about the episode, which is the sexy Trek. Yes. In that uh, Trip has started his neuro pressure, there's and no yeah, for it. there really is no need for it. <laughs> can I just, can just say that one more time into the microphone? There, there's like zero need for it. Like it's literally. Why do you have to take your whole shirt off? Like it's a button up. You could easily just unbutton it at where you want it, and then just go, and then just like hold it up. You could just, if it's a button up, just unbutton it, and then just hold it like that. I know. You don't, you don't need the whole thing where she takes off. I feel off your her pain. I feel your pain. T-shirt though. and all that. Yeah, and you've only watched one episode. Um, <laughs> so that's consequences. I, I don't think there is any consequences. Could you? I mean you mentioned like the weapons and stuff. So we've, we've got a bit more teeth to mm. the security side of the enterprise. So it's a bit stronger because the mm. Makos are pretty good at what they do. And this yeah. episode is pretty good at establishing how the Makos operate. You know, they're very mm. strategic, straight in surgical strike, take that, 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 and done. Yeah, that's... So we have established that Makos are pretty good at their job, uh, mm. despite what Reed might want to think. Um, after consequences, we do alterations, expansions, AE. Anything you would want to change about the episode, which you have said more than enough already. Um, so we're going to go to Dan. Um, change or at least expand on. Would you want to go back and maybe find out if this foreman fell from, uh, you know, his old empire is finished and maybe someone else has now come in and new bad guys are, sh- are showing up? No, I don't care enough about him. <laughs> I would get rid of the sexy trick. Yeah. I just, it's, I mean, it, it was so bad, that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty bad, but that you know, I can I can live with when she takes her top off, yeah, and you can see her back, and he's I can live with that. But in that that shot, I mean, literally that shot, yeah, was there for no reason other yeah. than to just, well, who knows? But I mean, just get over it, and and you know, Nathan, so grow up and just you know. <laughs> Just, it's, it's so painful. But that, that's just it. I've got a 10-year-old boy sitting right next to me who's done sex education, who knows about these sorts of things, and it's not for him. It's not for me. It's not for you. No. Who's it for? Who yeah, is that you. kind of writing for? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Some weirdo. There we go. Some, some, <laughs> like, some random person who goes, hmm, I wonder where that could be on any show. <laughs> who the hell thinks of that? Who the hell thinks... I want to find a show with that exact thing. In it. <laughs> That's hmm, a good point. Where am I going to find that? <laughs> Who thinks that? Who just? <laughs> I'm going to take so many sound bites out of this episode and use them for jingles and stuff. Who would yeah, do that? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, who would think that? Very good point. Very good point. So you've already well, established that you would want more better action, but maybe more like stylized with maybe music behind it, so yeah, it like quite as stilted. Yeah. Yeah, it's like slow mobile, so it's like really. So really calming, really nice music, and then it's like slow mo death and all that. Yeah, it's... you do like your death and destruction. Mm. That is true. You, when you get a bit older, Nathan, you should definitely watch um, Tarantino. I think you would yes, like. Yes, I think you would be a Tarantino person. Absolutely. Yes. That whole yeah. sort of nice jingly music and 
uh-huh. major sort of destruction is is quite a Tarantino thing, really. I mean, and given your love of World War Two, when you get yes. to uh, there's a there's a movie there's a movie that Tarantino has done, uh, the very inglorious movie. But uh, yes. there we go. Um, so from there we go into our pirate criteria, the R's for recommendations. What did you think of the story? From my perspective. That's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend it. Recommending. Good episode of Star Trek. Is there enough philosophical stuff in it? Is there like an exploration in it? Is it is it a good episode for our crew? Is there anything that you think Star Trek fans are thinking, yes, it's indie, that's where I need to go? I think I would recommend this to Star Trek fans, yes. I would recommend this as your starting point for Enterprise. Mm. Well, The Expanse would be my starting point, but, you know. Um, yeah, because I think it's decent. It's a decent episode. I mean, you know, the, the mine owner is a bit, of a bit of a funny one. Needless nakedness, you know, other than that, I think it's all right, really. And it starts a, what hopefully is a good, you know, a really sort of engrossing sort of season-long story. So, yeah, definitely. I, Non-Star Trek fans. Mm. Yeah, I think I, maybe I would. Again, this would be the place to start Enterprise. Yeah. Again, there's a few caveats within that. You know, there's a few bugbears in it. But, yeah, I think you could you could very happily start Enterprise on season three. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm agreeing with you on both those points. I think uh, it it sets up that, that season three is going to be a lot darker, a lot grittier. There's going to be more stuff going on. Um, we're already setting up a lot of storylines here. Naif, you are the example of someone who's still fairly yeah. new in Star Trek, hasn't quite done a lot of Star Trek. But knows a lot of like stuff that they should have knows done. Knows enough like, about it. I know enough. And also, I know enough about other stuff to actually, like, help. Like, not help, but help. Maybe if I rip down all my things and sent it off to the makers of Star Trek, maybe, just maybe, they might make... Maybe season four might be even better than season one, two, and three. Okay, so there was enough in there to actually maybe... So, think so Nathan, so, yeah? Nathan as, a, as a new Star Trek fan... Fingers crossed. Your dad's hoping. I'm hoping. Um, yeah. Will you be watching the next episode? Yeah. I'll be watching all of them. That, I think well, that's, there you go. So, that's a full recommendation. So, so that's a yes and um, a yes. I feel like... Yeah. Ever... Because like, I've only seen one episode of mm-hmm. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, I think two. Because I, I watched the first episode of Discovery. Oh, yes, you did watch the first one, The Battle of Binals. Yeah, uh, I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I watched the one where it's Picard and the Lizards. That's like the oh, one. Oh, Kirk and the Lizards, yeah, the arena in the original yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and... so, Nathan, another question. Sorry to keep hitting you with questions, but which one did you enjoy the most, this one or arena? Ooh. If it was for, like, how how like fight scenes are made it would definitely be arena because it was right. actually like who's who's gonna win who's gonna win who's gonna win is our captain from star starfleet gonna have 
gonna um be like hit by the rock, be wounded and have to be beamed back and he is he gonna nearly lose his life? It was like actually like who it's like the lizard person gonna win. It's the captain gonna win. It was actually really good. And then this one, as I keep saying, it's just like really slow and steady. Um but Did you actually think the captain was in danger this week? No, because I because um I'm like like they saved him from plasma. <laughs> like they saved him from so many stuff in this episode. It's like uh he's about to get thrown back ahead. Yeah, there's gonna be some random thing, a, like a rock's gonna fall and hit the guard in the head, and he's gonna <laughs> fall unconscious, and then they're gonna kill him. Like oh. someone's gonna pop out as they do and kill him. It's like they've, it's like they saved him from plasma. They've saved him from being shot. They've helped him out of prison. Like he survived. He just survived. Where <laughs> that one I've never seen before. The arena. I was actually like, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Is the lizard guy going to win? So that episode, because they saved him once from plasma, I'm like, they're really going to kill him off. They like, they've already had a plasma scene. They're all there. And it's like the first episode. Are they really going to kill him (laughs) off in like the first episode of season three? No, it's like, he's obviously going to live. I completely agree with you. Hmm. Well done. Um, oh my god, it's like he's been watching Star Trek for a year. <laughs> yeah, um... Well done. Um, right, okay, we're gonna end there because otherwise we could carry on for hours. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, our last criteria is S for setup, but we also sell our podcasts. So I'm gonna hand over to Dan. Where can people find you, Dan? They can find me Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. They can find the podcast where they find their podcast, Academic Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are nine episodes, I believe. Um, nine and very maybe good one episodes. day, one day, someday, there will be some more. Yes. Um, I will do it. I, well, yes. Yes, I will. You must. You <laughs> I must. know, I know, I know. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? But yes, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Uh, obviously, you've got Temple Trek, which you're listening to. You've got the, the sister show, Nexus Nights, which is our spin-off show. And uh, I'm on the Cosmic Pizza and Epsilon 3. With Nathan, you could actually find him on a podcast. Yeah, had our podcast that we were making together. Remember yeah. that? What is that? Uh, remember um, what it was called? Was it? I can remind you if you like. Me. Monsters, my middle. My child. monsters, my middle child, and me. Yeah. Yes. We haven't actually got that off the ground at the moment. The episodes are on there, but mm. we haven't gone any further than like the first five or six episodes but we will be back with that one at some point and um if you do like star wars i recommend watching that episode because as as i said in the beginning Mm. the council room really really reminded me of the clone wars so we're going to sell other things other franchises watch star wars if you like streams oh this is very interesting it's very crossy crossy um i mean they're both about space that's true that's true (laughs) that is very they both have fights (laughs) i mean i mean star wars is way better in their fight scenes yeah yeah then the one i've i've watched right now Mm -hmm. 
but maybe but, maybe it'll get better you never know hopefully right and the last s is uh, set up for next week so join us next week as we are going season three episode 54 of the podcast season three episode two of enterprise and anomaly and it's the enterprise and i hope nathan will be back because that'll be very interesting to see if he picks up on an even more yes uh, enterprise tropes as well anomaly does that ring a bell in your mind no it doesn't i was looking at this morning i can't remember um unless it's i I can't i think it can't be the one where he chucks a guy out the out the airlock already is it was that later on I feel like that's later on, but maybe yeah. we're wrong. We've been I've, wrong in the past where we thought we remembered episodes heard, and they weren't. So I've heard of like Anomaly and it's all about monsters and that, but I've never seen an Anomaly in Star Trek. There, uh, no, you've never actually. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. I've seen Lower Decks. Well, based on that name, what do you think uh, the episode might be about? Mm-hmm. What, what what do you think is going to happen in the episode? I think they're going to be like, um, there's gonna be this black hole that they're gonna be sucked into, and like the the soldiers are still gonna be on it, and they're and then they're gonna be sucked into this weird place, and then. Are you and, sure you've never seen Star Trek before? No, I think he's doing pretty good, isn't he? Um, yeah, because this then, sounds like the the plot for about fifty percent of Star Trek. And then, <laughs> and then they land on this weird planet it it has like oxygen in that so they don't have to wear any suits in that and then and then as they're walking around um they they hear these weird noises and it turns out it's like these weird like sly monsters that like absorb them and then like it sort of sort of like take all their energy uh, to like become more powerful to take to go out of the black hole and take over uh, like the universe <laughs> i want to watch his episode i yeah. think that's gonna be way better than what next and week's then, gonna have and then like the soldiers after you they can't use their normal weapons because they just go in and they just absorb all the energy so I'm they have it. to make so they have to like um use what would be used for like mass amounts of troops they have to use like bombs and that just to like destroy one of the slime monsters because they're so like powerful well if it's bombs i think reed will be on it for for sure right okay we're gonna have to let hello there right we're just gonna finish off the episode so this will be like two minutes um yes so Nathan was just telling me even more about stuff before we got cut out on the end of that bit. Uh, but we've already set up next week, but I am loving his episode and I definitely yes, want to watch that me too, more yeah. than and, probably what this episode's going to be. And Reed is just going to whine all about, oh, it's not safe. I don't want to go out. Oh, I've got, I'm too busy reading my proper, proper books. And then he's sitting there reading like um, a book saying, learn the alphabet <laughs> and then he's sitting there reading it and going wow this is really cool and then everyone else is like take over this position go go it's it's and like he doesn't want to do it it's like outside is like bang 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 <laughs> and then and then he's sitting there like a b c d e f g i'm telling you i i definitely want to watch this episode you can tell me more about your pitch to, <laughs> once we let Dan go. Um, so, uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the episode and Nathan's pitch for next week. Yes. And uh, we will see you in the next time stream. We certainly will. And.
done. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temporal Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. <laughs>